Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is the Ryder Cup preview. I am delighted to say I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined today by Odds Checker's very own golf tipster, Niall Lyons. Niall, I am a massive Ryder Cup fan, as you know. I'm getting very, very excited to watch the, the it all get underway. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the pantomime beforehand, I must say. I'm not sitting here watching Sky Sports Ryder Cup, watching all the press conferences, conferences and all the interviews. But as soon as that first tee shot is hit uh, around lunchtime on Friday, I am not I'm going to try and not miss a shot. Uh, how are you feeling ahead of the weekend's action? Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat as you. It's just the whole build-up. I kind of look forward to uh, just the golf kicking off on Friday. Yeah. There's so much hype and there's so much talk uh, heading into it that you know it's just good to get all all of that out of the way and actually get down to the nitty-gritty of the golf because when it actually does kick off, we're usually treated to great entertainment over the three days and it is a good watch. Uh, I wouldn't be the most patriotic of fans, really. I like yourself t- taking yourself to Paris National and all the last time, but uh, no. At the same time, it's it, it is it is great entertainment when it kicks off, and it seems to produce some of the best golf we see uh, of the year. You know what I mean? The the standard that it produces and, and what you know people just the players pull out of the bag. At, you know, at really important moments, is it, it's a it's a great thing to watch. So. Yeah, looking forward to Friday, obviously, and uh, tomorrow night, the the opening ceremony and, and the picking of those uh, crucial foursomes, parents, for Friday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Always a really... That's where I think when it all kind of gets started is when you see who's going to be going out together in that first session on Friday. Uh, let's talk about the course quickly before we get into the action in terms of the, the actual betting markets and trying to find some value. Uh, Whistling Straits is the, is, the, is the course for this... Uh, I was going to say an away trip, but I guess for American viewers, you can say it's a home one um, in, in this Ryder Cup this year. And I think we're starting to see, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a familiar theme throughout sport at the moment that often when you have what is effectively a home or away series, the home team has massive advantage. You know, we see it now in Test cricket, especially. We see it now in the Ryder Cup where the, the course is very much set up to suit the the team who are hosting. We saw that quite clearly in France uh, a few years ago. Is that going to be the case again here? Is this going to be a course that is tailor-made to suit the Americans? Well, you know, the ball is in their court and they will definitely set it up uh, for their own team. And it already looks like they have done. There's little rough uh, off the fairways, unless you go really wide towards the, you know, what people are saying, the more length style uh, aspects of the course. Nevertheless, it's not a link, so I don't think it'll play like that either. Uh it held the 2015 PGA Championship where Jason Day won, uh, and he topped strokes gained off the tee that week. Uh, you know, hitting the ball a long way and straight was a, a huge advantage around the place at that time. Uh, it's a peak day design just on Lake Michigan. It's actually it's it's a beautiful golf course. It looks absolutely tremendous. I'm really looking forward to it. And when it comes in the tally, uh, if you look back to the 2015 PGA, there was only one. European in the top 10 that year and it was Justin Rose who <laughs> hasn't made the team this year uh, which was a huge talking point. Uh, Fleetwood, Larry and Poulter missed the cut there in 2015 whilst uh, the American Ryder Cup team that turns up this year had four top 10s in Spieth, Dustin, Finay and Kapka. So if you're looking at course history certainly the Americans have the advantage and they will have set it up of course 
through their liking to suit the big hitters. Uh, you know, they've got so many powerhouses in golf uh, arriving at, at, uh, in Wisconsin this week. And, you know, it definitely will be an advantage. I don't think it'll be as big of an advantage as what the Europeans had at Paris National. Uh, the Europeans had a, you know, a real... They, they had four or five members who were, you know, really tee to green merchants where, you know, they didn't miss many fairways. Molinari and Fleetwood obviously being the, two, the main two and the course was set up for them and uh, it played out that way. So I don't think the Yanks have as big an advantage as what the Europeans did at Parks National, but nevertheless, it was set up that way and I think uh, it'll, it still will be a slight advantage, never mind the advantage they've got team-wise. I wonder what price it would have been three years ago when you if you'd even told us then that uh, Molinari wouldn't be here in this uh, in this next Ryder Cup team. Unbelievable. Yeah, you, you look back at the it's, it's unbelievable when you look back at the Ryder Cup squads down the mm. years back in the last couple of decades, and the amount of players that just fall off a cliff shortly afterwards and they never win again is incredible. It's happened all the way from the late eighties, early nineties, right up until now, and you think of even. You know, American teams in the past, like the likes of Jeff Overton and guys like that, mm. who have made the Ryder Cup team and, you know, barely done anything since. And it's incredible to think you look at the two teams now, especially the, the American team, that some of these guys won't feature in the next Ryder Cup and won't even be anywhere near featuring in the Ryder It's, it's hard mm. to believe, but that's that's the trend of what's happened there in the years. And, yeah, we'll probably see a few fall off a cliff after this as well. I remember last time we saw the Ryder Cup over the pond, uh, all the talk about how McElroy and Thomas Peters was going to be a pairing for the ages and they were going to play together in every Ryder Cup. And of course, Thomas Peters, yeah. uh, fair way off being included uh, either on merit or as a wild card these days. Uh, we're going to get into the, the betting markets now. And before we do so, just going to point the listeners and the viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app where they can see the very best prices and all the markets, all the markets you can see up there as well from every single bookmaker up on the app the best bookie offers, free bets. And of course, that is where you can get Niles tips. His column went out, I think, earlier today or, or late last night with some of the selections he's going to put up today. And that's the first place you can find them too and go through directly and, and bet on those best prices out there. To kick off, rather than kind of going straight to the outright market, because I think whilst it's interesting, it doesn't really, um, it, it's never going to be the market in the Ryder Cup that, that provides the most value, I guess, unless you're following Niall back in France a few years ago. Um, and we'll go through the the two teams um, running through their price to be the top point scorer on their team. We'll go through the combined points later. So we've got Justin Thomas is a six to one favourite. Uh, Zander Shoffley, uh, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, all 15 to two. Dustin Johnson, eight to one. Colin Morikawa, 10 to one. Bryson DeChambeau, 10 to one. Brooks Kepka, who of course does play despite all the rumours of injury and lack of motivation. He might not get his naps or he might not be able to go to the gym as much as he wants to, but he will be there. Uh, Brits Kepka 12 to 1, Tony Finau 12 to 1, Scotty Scheffler uh, 16 to 1, Daniel Berger 20 to 1, Harris English 25 to 1. And the thing that strikes me is that for all the talk of of you know the American team being bombers and you know you've got Dustin Johnson there, you've got Bryson DeChambeau there, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, the top end of the market is it doesn't necessarily fit that um type of player you know Justin Thomas obviously hits the ball a long way Zana Shoffley doesn't have an issue with length but Shoffley, Spieth, Cantley, Colin these aren't the players who would necessarily fit in with that idea of you know basically bomb and gouge yeah well uh, 
There's basically bombing guys this week with no rough as well. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, from what I what I would take from that, George, is that you know the so-called American weakness down the years and foursomes could now be their big strength. As you say, they're the guys towards the top of the market, like especially Morikawa and Spieth are absolutely made for foursomes. Uh, not together, but you know, with with respective partners and probably Dustin Johnson and uh, Justin Thomas. You know, the Europeans have dominated foursomes down the years and they haven't done too bad in four walls, but the Americans have a better record in four walls. And the mix just that the Americans have this time, I think is a huge advantage for foursomes where they would normally lose ground on the field. I think they, I think they could gain it this time around. It's just another string to their bow, I think. Yeah, I mean, looking at the side as it is at the moment, I mean, we've got Morikawa, you mentioned there at 10 to 1, who I think we're going to talk about uh, quite a lot coming up. But you, you look through the team and in terms of, you know, I'm going to mention Patrick Reed now, you know, you look at he him being a player who quite clearly was divisive in terms of his role within the side and his relationship with other players, but certainly a player who whose passion for the tournament uh, was probably unparalleled between anyone else in the side. There's been a lot of talk about Bryson and Brooks and their relationship so far. There's been a lot of talk about the general will of the American Ryder Cup team to win being lacking compared to the Europeans. Do you think that given the kind of the new generation maybe i mean generations are harsh but the, the, the new wave of talent coming into this side shoffley speed can't they well not speed but shoffley can't morikawa all being taught towards the top end could see a new dawn for this side yeah i wouldn't rule that out and uh you know as you mentioned there there's there's kind of always been negatives surrounding uh relationships in the in the usa team you had it with the likes of tiger and nicholson years ago mm. and when hal sutton stuck them together surprisingly i don't think that'll play out this week i, I can't see Kepka and Deshambo. Although Deshambo has said in his press conference that there's a big surprise coming out, of, you know, about this story, whatever, whatever it is. I suspect it's, uh, I suspect it's one of those matches, you know, in in, in the next couple of months that, that we'll see. But uh, you know, there was a video that went out, obviously online last night. If you've seen it, where mm. Kepka approaches Deshambo on 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 the reins, and that's got a lot of ridicule from the European side, like. And, uh, I, I think it's a bit over the top, uh, the criticism of it. I think it's just a video, basically, you know, yes, it was planned, obviously, and I think but I think Stricker was basically wanted that to go out just to maybe put out the fire a little bit and uh, just give the impression, you know, that everything's, you know, semi-okay between the two of them uh, and maybe stop with the all the questions in the press conferences. Uh, Stricker does have his work cut out on that side, but I think he's a he's a level-headed guy who, uh, you know, he, and he, he's managed a a presence team, uh, a presence cup team before to resound in victory. Uh, I think captains. If, if we're talking about captains' ways here, I think the Americans have the advantage on that front too. I think Harrington could possibly boil over a little a little bit over the week, uh, information-wise, stats-wise. He's very intense. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously the Europeans have been well into their stats over the last, uh, you know, four or five Ryder Cups. But I think Harrington might be a bit different than the players could be under, you know, intense pressure with Harrington. Harrington will expect him to deliver. He expected himself to deliver even on the highest stage in the majors, and he did. 
You know, I think there's a fair amount of pressure going on the Europeans this week, but I, I would I, I would definitely expect Stricker uh, to keep every, to keep everyone on a level head and uh, get the best out of his team. Do we have any clues, any ideas as to what the pairing is going to be? You've mentioned there, Spieth and, and Thomas, a pairing we've seen before, Morikawa and DJ, another one you've just brought up there. Yeah, Morikawa and DJ, you know, as, as I'll talk about, I think that, that could be a super partnership. partnership. Uh, Spieth and Thomas look certainly to go together at some stage. Cantley and Schofle, uh, two great friends. Uh, they look an absolute certainty to go together uh, on Friday morning as well. Uh, and then, of course, you know, of those three teams that I just mentioned, I think it'll be whoever whoever wins or wins resoundingly over them uh, three teams will, will progress into the four balls. Mm. Uh, is not an easy one to pair up with. I think he'd play four balls, and it looks like it'll be with Scotty Scheffler uh, with the, the practice rounds that we've seen this week. Uh, there's a lot of options for Stricker, I think, and... Uh, Whereas the Europeans might need to rely upon Ram and McElroy maybe to play five matches. I don't think uh, the Americans will have that same kind of pressure. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if they bench everyone once, uh, the Americans. They're that strong, uh, strength and depth down the team that they don't, they don't have any weakness. So I don't think they need to rely upon anybody for five matches, uh, unlike the Europeans. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the bench everybody wants. And uh, you know, the other Berger and English might go together. Berger and Kapka, you know, it, the, they've got very strong foursomes and four balls partnerships this time around. So who's the value for to be top American point scorer? Well, I like Morikawa. I'm very strong on, on the Americans overall. I think they'll win this comfortably. Uh, so uh, I'm. I'm more happy to back Morikawa in the top uh, combined point scorer market. Uh, now, I'll caveat that with uh, there were injury concerns towards the end of the season, and uh, will he play? If the Yanks do do have a couple who play five matches, will Morikawa be one of them? He might not be simply because of his of his injuries, but I think he does get four matches. Uh, so two foursomes on one of the four balls at the very least, uh, providing he's fully fit. I think he is. Uh, he's a shoe-in for both foursomes. Uh, he won both of his foursomes games in the 2017 Walker Cup, won one of them by eight and seven as well. Uh, he's just made for that game. And, you know, just like we talk about Spieth's prowess with a short game in foursomes, holding the putts and, and you know, getting up and down if they're ever in trouble. Morikawa has that in droves with, with approach play, and they will try and get Morikawa hitting as many approach shots as possible in uh, in the foursomes. And he will, it looks like he's going to partner with Dustin Johnson in the top over in the top combined market. Dustin Johnson's eleven to one, whereas Morikawa was eighteen. You know, almost double that. He qualified first in the rankings as well. Uh, obviously, over the last. You know, 68 weeks. He, he hasn't been quite in the form as what he showed when he won the Open Championship. But uh, I'm confident that if he's relatively fit and if he gets at least four masses, he'd be hard to beat in any of them. And Morikawa, 18 to 1, as Nas says there, in the top combined market. That's with 365. Paddy's Betfair, Bet Victor, and Bet Fred's uh, Sporting Index and Parry Match as well. All uh, a quarter, the four places there. And in top American, pretty much 10 to 1 across the board. 365, Skybet, Hills, 888, Bet Victor, Bet Fred, 
all going, yeah, quarter of the three, um, 10 to 1 about Morikawa. On then to the Europe. on that, George, I just wanted to mention there's 100 to 1 out there for him to win all five matches. And, you know, as I said there, there's there's a fair chance that he might not play all five matches, of course. But if he wins his foursomes partnerships, was he definitely going to play in on, on Friday morning uh, with Dustin Johnson? Uh, they could easily stay on for the four balls, mm. providing he's really fit. And there'll be a hard partnership to split up if they win their first two matches on Friday. And uh, I think the 100 to 1 out there about him winning all five is a decent price. Dustin Johnson's around 40 to 1 in that market. So if they do win their matches and they're not split up, you know, it, it does look a, it does look a good price to win all five matches for me. Interesting, yeah, hundred to one there with Skybet Morikawa to win all five. Uh, onto the top European point scorer, going through the team again as I did with the Americans. John Rahm is seven to two favourite. Rory McIlroy six to one. Uh, Victor Hovland third favourite at seven to one. The rookie uh, Tommy Fleetwood ten to one. Paul Casey ten to one. Sergio Garcia twelve to one. Ian Poulter twelve to one. Terrell Hatton fourteen to one. Shane Lowry fourteen to one. Matt Fitzpatrick twenty to one. Lee Westwood twenty five to one. Bernd Weisberger thirty three to one. And Niall, I've seen you on social media in the last couple of weeks saying this is as weak a European side as you can remember. Do you stand by that? Yeah, of course. Uh, we've got four four members in the top twenty in the world, whilst the Yanks have nine of the of the top eleven. Uh, I don't ever remember it being uh, that much. You know, obviously the the qualification system for Europe for Europe this year was uh, frankly up the left. Uh, the the weight that was put on the the, the Wentworth event was incredible. But twenty players could have qualified uh, going into that event, and that's an absolute nightmare for Harrington. That especially for a guy like Harrington who would want to prepare. You know, a, a fair bit in advance, uh, and then too much weight was put on 2020 form. You've got the likes of Hatton, Westwood, and Fleetwood, who are hitting nowhere near the heights as what they were doing early in 20, 2021 and late in 2020. So they've got a big worry there uh, in terms of form. As part of the reason why I thought, you know, Rose will had a fair chance of inclusion simply because he, he showed form in the in the weeks leading up to it but uh during the years the Ryder Cup the European Ryder Cup thinking has always been long term form uh Trump's short term form but I, th- I thought with so many out of form mm. already qualified that they had room this time for someone with short term form and that was Justin Rose. Uh so this time, yeah, they've got a few weak links for me, very weak links, and I'm worried about it, to be honest. Uh, I'm especially worried about Terrell Hatton. Uh, there's seven to one out there about him to win no points. And I think he's more likely, if he loses, if he does go out and force himself, he's a very hard one to pair with. You know, we talked a couple of minutes ago there about the pairings in the, in the American side, and they seem to be... They're already set in stone. Whereas Europe are, are a bit up in the air, uh, especially especially with the Englishman. Uh, Hatton doesn't strike you <coughs> particularly as a great foursomes or four balls partner. He didn't. He didn't play. He played two four balls and, and didn't play a foursomes game in in France. Right. And uh, yeah, he ju- he just worries me. He, he had an early exit from the playoffs, obviously on the PGA Tour. 
missed cut at Wentworth and he cut a real forlorn figure that week. He, he was not, and you know, obviously when Hatton's missing cuts, you know, you don't expect him to be uh, all rosy, obviously, but uh, he, he, he didn't appear to be happy with his game. Uh, I think the other player in his partnership will need to put out all the stops to win a point. I think there'll be there'll be loose tee shots. He's just not playing well. He actually ranks bottom of the twelve European guys in strokes gained over the last three months, and I think a, a big upturn in form is very unlikely. And uh, yeah, I think the seven the one out there about him to win no points, and I think that's half decent price. If he lost the game uh, resoundingly on Friday. There's a very small chance that he won't be used at all on on, on Saturday. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't see it really happening because it, it doesn't give uh, the player much confidence to win a singles game on the Sunday. But nevertheless, it's a possibility given the golf that he's been playing lately. And uh, yeah, the seven to one looks decent. I think to win zero points. Yeah, seven to one to win uh, no points with Skybet there for Till Hatton, who, as you say, really really struggling for form at the moment. Um, what do you make of the, you know, you've mentioned Justin Rose there uh, as being the unlucky one to miss out, uh, who's shown some form recently. Where do you stand on the decision to bring in Ian Poulter for yet another wildcard pick? You know, he, he's in the market around kind of mid-table, I guess, with uh, Sergio Garcia, Paul Casey, um, the, the closest players to him in terms of where he's expected to come. When you look at his form over the last year or so and, and how he's been playing, how he's been hitting the ball, you know, that shows just how much weight is given towards his love of the Ryder Cup and, and his previous form in the Ryder Cup, because recently it hasn't been that that, that strong either. Uh, where do you stand on his inclusion in the, in the side? I think it's justified, to be honest. You know, I did say, I, I thought if anybody could miss out, it would have been Poulter in, in, in space of rows, simply because of, I think a, a short-term uh, foreign player would have been an advantage for Harrington. But Poulter's played good golf, sneakily good golf all season. Uh, he was third in the Charles Schwab, fourth in the Scottish Open, which was one of the, the strongest fields of the year in, in Europe. Uh, is it, you look at the stats and you look at that of golf especially, it'll, it'll show you that Ian Poulter is in the top 30 uh, players all season, last season on the PGA Tour, which mm. is, is a fair pointer towards his inclusion. And I think Harrington has weighed heavily upon uh, stats on long-term stats as well. So I can definitely understand his, his inclusion. But is his, you know, is his, you know, star quality on the European side on the way in now? And I would say it probably is. I think he's won three of his last seven points in the Ryder Cup, which hasn't, which, you know, it, it's okay, but it's mm. certainly not sparkling. But uh, maybe that's what the Europeans need here because they have, uh, they have, for me, one of the worst teams heading to the Ryder Cup in the last couple of decades. And I think they're up against it. So, yeah, Poulter is in the middle. It, uh, you know, if you, you know, he could go out with McElroy. They've been paired with McElroy before and they've played good golf together. And they could go out and win a point early on Friday morning and, and really give the, give the European team a push. But uh, he's around the same price as Sergio Garcia for that top European market. And that doesn't quite fit right for me. I think Garcia should be alongside Hovland, third favourite. In that market, he's in the top three ball strikers on the PGA Tour last season. Uh, playing great golf. Uh, Fleetwood, Casey, Poulter, and Hadden are all around. Are all in the same price. 
mm. Garcia, and I can't get my head around that. Garcia is has the best record of any European in the Ryder Cup. Um, he's one who has gained a lot of distance over the last few years. He hits the ball a long way. He's, he's right. He's right up high in the distance stats in the PGA Tour now, and his accuracy as well is above PGA Tour standard as well. So I think that it's going to suit Winston Strauss big time. And if anything can, if any player uh, other than Ram and McIlroy can put it to the Americans, uh, game wise especially, it'll be Sergio Garcia, and he. Uh, He's a great foursomes partner, as we've seen down the years. And now a great four balls player by the looks of it as well. With the length that he hits the ball, uh, it's a huge advantage. So it does don't make him sixth or seventh favourite in that market. I would have him third favourite alongside Hovland. I think there's a possibility that he might play all five games. But if he does, he might be... I wouldn't be surprised if McElroy or Ram is left out at one stage or another. But if Garcia wins games wins his first game Friday morning if he plays, then he'll be hard to leave off the list. He's just that good a player. And uh, I think he ranks third over the last three months in strokes gained or out of the 12. It's a big positive. I think he's playing great golf. And I'd be surprised if he's left off the list if he's winning matches. Yeah, I mean, his Ryder Cup record is unbelievable. Uh, 54% win percentage. Uh, he has won four of his nine singles games. He's won 10 of his 17 foursomes games and won eight of his 15 four balls games. But when you actually factor in halves as well, of which there have been seven, he's only lost 12 of his matches overall. So yeah, certainly a player whose Ryder Cup record is, um, I think goes a bit under the radar, to be honest. He doesn't get enough credit um, that he deserves. And at 12 to 1, playing well uh, in amongst players who, who maybe aren't playing so well, hitting the ball so well. Sergio Garcia, 12 to 1 with Sporting Index, uh, 11 to 1 with most other firms in this market. Looks like a, a good bit of value. Um, we'll go into the actual odds themselves here to win the Ryder Cup. And it doesn't look like a great betting heat to me because we've got the standout favourites in USA are 8 to 15 best price to win it. That's with Unibet and Boyle Sports Europe. Our 12 to 5 best price, that's with Betfred, the draw 12 to 1. So when you factor in the draw, meaning that, um, of course, Europe would, would retain the trophy, that is 13 to 8 best price that Europe be taking off the, the draw or a European win, that's with Bet365. Um, how does that look to you, Niall? Is that a, a USA short enough or should they be shorter still in your book? Yeah, I, I make them 1 to 3 shots, to be honest. I don't think they're short enough. Uh, nevertheless, I can perfectly understand why uh, the ordinary punter might not be involved might not be involved or interested in the outright market because it's just too short mind you if you're a european uh, fanatic and you want to watch it and cheer on the europeans then you've got a juicy enough price to get involved with uh, mm. but if you fancy the europeans then are are the yanks i guess you need to have deep pockets to get involved but uh, nevertheless i actually think it's value uh, when we talked to past national last time i think the Europeans were around 2.7 on the machine, just bigger than 13 to 8 at the time, and I thought they should have been favourites. And I think this time uh, the price actually hasn't uh, gone in enough for the for for the Americans. I do make them closer to one to three. I think they'll absolutely walk it. I can't see any other scenario. Uh, I'll be having a few quid on, on the outright anyway, as I do think uh, it's too big. Uh, it's not only the players. I actually think there could be a big golf and class and captains this time around. Uh, mm. 
have, have had doubts about some European captains down the years, especially Darren Clark's such a defensive figure. I think Harrington's, you know, on the nicer nicer side of that. I think he, he he's more polite. He's he's easier to deal with. But uh, I think Stricker's experience, obviously, uh, cap, captain on the President's Cup side before, is he's got a level head. I think he's I think he's absolutely just made for it. While Harrington, I'm I'm really worried actually that he's going to put too much pressure on the players and. Uh, it's just going to be too intensive a week for the players. You're seeing videos come out. Uh, I can't understand it. We're seeing videos coming out over the last couple of days of the Europeans doing silly things around the greens. and uh, seems like a forced effort for me uh, to make it look like they're enjoying themselves too much and having a good time. Uh, the, the Americans seem like they mean business and I think the Europeans are just trying a bit too hard. To, there's a lot of things on social media. There's a lot of cringeworthy videos going about and all as well. The, the European side absolutely love this. Love this. You know what I mean? They they outperform themselves many times, but I think this time uh, the odds kind of reflect the, the advantage that the Americans have, and uh, not quite enough for me, but nevertheless. They're well up against it, and I'd be surprised if they outperform uh, their price this time. Maybe if you're looking for a, a nice short price thing to have in a multi over the weekend, you can stick the 8-15 to 15, uh, Americans in there. A bit of value there from Nile has them at around 1-3. to three. Any other um, specials picks for you? Anything else you've noticed There's a bit of value here? Uh, I actually can't remember what firm it was with, but I saw last night that there was 14-1 to one about for... Uh, Anybody to win five masses. Uh, yeah. I think that's a very decent price. Uh, there's, I saw a few quotes of seven, to eight, seven or eight to one for the same uh, outcome, and I, I made it about eight to one as well. Uh, so the 14 to one about anybody to win five masses is decent. Now, I have said that the, the Americans, I wouldn't be surprised if the bench all players at some stage just simply because of their strength and depth. But uh, It'll be, be hard to kick off the likes of, of, of Thomas Spieth, uh, Cantlay Schofler and DJ Markala if, if, if either of those teams are, are winning games on Friday or win two games on the Friday. So, uh, but yeah, 14 to 1 looks half decent. You know, I think you'll even get a sweat. You could even get a sweat with a couple of the Europeans, depending on how they go. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the value bets for me across the week. I'll try and get a few quid on that uh, at some stage today. But apart from that, yeah, it's. It's all the chips in the Yanks. <laughs> One for me, um, which is probably the time to turn off the podcast, but I'm going to be back uh, USA to win the opening session, the day one foursome. It's purely because, you know, you mentioned the players there that are maybe out of sorts for, for Team Europe, and they're probably going to be the ones who, given the way that they play, are going to be going up in those foursomes games, you know, Poulter will be going out early. You'd think Fleetwood will likely be one of those two. Westwood likely to go out in the foursomes. It feels like our team is probably the, the form players are maybe going to be better suited to, to four balls. And given you've got them at three on to win the thing anyway, I think odds against for, for the Americans to have a lead, um, especially, as we said, with those at the top end of the market in their um, point scorer. Odds maybe being not necessarily the the players will be suited by four balls, but likely the ones to go out early. So um, that's my angle of attack, maybe a way to just uh, get a bit of odds against on the American strength over Team Europe. This is yeah, what you, you tell me you, that that's... You might find a special out there as well for uh, uh, America to win day one and, uh, mm. and to win the Ryder Cup. 
which you'll get a slightly bigger price for as well. So yeah, that could be Campbell. Yeah, four to five best price in our car to win day one. Well, no, you've done well to deflate my optimism and uh, how I'm feeling <laughs> about the weekend. I'll be texting you crazy I'll, on I'll Sunday. Be, I'll, be in the US. <laughs> I'll be texting you on Sunday saying um, thank you for, for making me a few quid whilst watching Team Europe get absolutely slaughtered. Uh, fingers crossed that won't be the case. But uh, yeah, do download the Odds Checker app. Uh, all the markets we've spoken about there, all the bets, all the best prices you can find on there, including some great bookie offers, free bets, and of course, Niall's tips, not just for the Ryder Cup, but for all the events throughout the season uh, and the year. So thanks very much to Niall. Hopefully you guys enjoy the Ryder Cup. Hopefully Niall's wrong about it being a three-on shot that we get beat. Come on, Team Europe. Uh, please make sure that you gamble responsibly and enjoy the Ryder Cup. 